Like you're like you're like, or as Genghis Khan said, kill all your enemies who yeah. run before you, and I, I, the rivers flow red with their blood. I, I think it would be better if I used like a UFC quote, like you know, or as the great Tito Ortiz said, "I'm going to kick your ass." You know, like <laughs> words of wisdom ring true. You are now listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. This is the podcast where uh, three guys cast their verdicts on a variety of topics and let you know whether we think it's good, bad, or bullshit. Uh, I'm Bo Schwartz, and joining me today is Crofton Steers. Hey, Bo. Hey, Crofton. How's it going? Um, Oh, excuse me. Go ahead. It goes very well. Uh, I am at the cottage right now, so I'd like to apologize right up for my sound quality, which is lower than usual, but I am uh, looking out at a picturesque lake as we record this and i've been having a pretty good week yeah so you're reporting live on location from the comfort of a cottage m street the war-torn comfort of a cottage um yeah mike can't join us today uh mike has um as we mentioned on a previous podcast mike was in the has been in the process of getting married and he has done so and uh croft and i were both present at said wedding did you enjoy the wedding crofton I do enjoy the wedding, and uh, it was it was just kind of fun because, uh, as we know, Mike is a little and Andrea a little bit hippie hipster types, and they did a lot of different stuff, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, I think both you and I were a little bit stressed due to our groomsmen responsibilities, if you will, uh, but uh, but I think it was a good time all in all. Well, I just want to say that you were a marvelous MC. I was quite impressed with your. Uh ceremonial master ring uh <laughs> that you did yeah it was well thank you very much bro i i appreciate that and uh if you are a listener of the show and you were at the wedding which uh is likely actually if you're listening <laughs> to this show then uh, we'd love to hear from you what do you think about the wedding email us at good bad bs yeah we love giving email.com oh excuse me yeah we love giving croft and performance evaluations so send uh, your evaluations in i wouldn't worry croft and i'm sure they'll all be good i just want to add too that you didn't know like it wasn't your family we're friends of the groom but you still really struck a chord i think with the overall crowd it was very it was excellent you know because sometimes Although, people are biased and these ones weren't Although I had one large failing that was pointed out to me, not either by you or Mike. I did not advertise good, bad, or bullshit when I had the, the pulpit. Yeah, I know. When you were introducing me as, um, I don't know, Nerdmaster and some other thing, I don't quite remember. Yeah, there was an opportunity there to say, hey, Andy's the host of this awesome podcast, Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Uh, so, but anyways, whatever. It was a wedding. I'd feel kind of greasy almost uh, advertising <laughs> <laughs> to do the whole end of the show bit and say like, uh, we have RSS links on our show, and you can check us out on iTunes and give us a five star review while you're there. Yeah, it's probably for the best, Crofton. No, no, I I totally understand. You know, it's uh, it's Mike's big day, and we didn't want to take away from it. And I wanted to live up to my advertising efforts of absolutely nothing. <laughs> well, um, so all that is uh, to say, Mike's not here. Mike is in Indonesia on his honeymoon with his uh, beautiful wife Andrea, 
and he's going to be away for a little while, but we're going to try and get a hold of him remotely. So we'll In see. Indonesia? Yeah, so we'll see if that goes through or not. There's time zone issues and stuff to work out, but um, we're hoping to bring him back on the show. In the interim, it'll be me and Crofton uh, providing you with fine oral entertainment. Wait, that's oral A-U-R-A-L. <laughs> <laughs> o- oral uh, entertainment. Oral. Okay. Does, does, does this mean I have to get up early, Bo? Uh, no, 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 no. That's fine. No early risers, but, um, we didn't want to miss a show. So, uh, you know, we were very dedicated to making sure the show comes out on time. And that's why Crofton's, uh, calling in from, uh, the, the wonderful relaxation, uh, the wonderful environment he has at his cottage. All right. The cottage. Uh, have you been doing any uh, fun activities over there? Yeah. Tons of canoeing, swimming. Uh, it's been, uh, it's been pretty great. I'm on this lake called Lake McGregor. There's there are some speedboats, but we're in kind of a quiet nook. It's pretty uh, pretty awesome. I'll tell you just what the doctor ordered. Well, I'll tell you um, as the 15 year old girls say, uh, I'm jelly. So <laughs> okay, so let's uh, get on with the show, shall we? Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Right. Uh, do you have the randomizer? Uh, no, well. I think, as as our audience knows, our randomizer is uh, maintained by Michael, and it's in his garage, and we didn't have the foresight to get a key from him so that we could get in the house and use it. So we're just going to have to, um, you know, uh, pick a topic today, I think, and, you know, f- figure out what we want to do. So Croft and I did have a quick... So we, so we can talk about whatever we want this time? Totally, and, and Mike can't tell us otherwise. Really? So we could also talk about something that Mike wouldn't want to talk about? Yeah, pretty much. It's kind of like, uh, you know, Dad's not home, and, and so we can, you know, drink Pepsi and play video games all night long <laughs> and invite girls over, game. although that doesn't really, the two, I don't know if they, they work together. But anyway, so uh, today um, our show is going to be about da- a downloadable content. Um, Sweet. Yeah, so this now, is a subject Crofton and I both know a lot about of, but you listener might not know. So uh, I'm going to let uh, Crofton display his fine MCing skills and explain it for us. <laughs> well, well, thanks, Bo. And and you know we are nerds, uh, and uh, we are we enjoy the finer things in nerd life. Uh, one of the things, one of the big things we enjoy are video games, and we'll talk about video games in general and and different other sort of video game topics. I mentioned in the previous podcast I was playing the game The Last of Us. But, you know, every once in a while we're, we're going to go full nerd on a topic, and, and this is going to be one of said topics. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the video game community, video game culture, if you will, uh, as it is based around technology. Technology is constantly changing and, and supposedly making our lives better. So we needed to, 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 to think about what are the video game topics that, that we would like to address. And one of them uh, that we'd like to review is, is a relatively newish creation, downloadable content. And uh, what that is, is it used to be when you buy a video game, you would get it uh, full package. Like you get a complete game and then you put it into your either computer or game system and you play the game. Uh, and then if there was additional content for the game, if there were new levels, uh, new story, this was often released in the form of an expansion pack, which, which was generally sold for maybe about half the price of a full-price game. 
you get the expansion pack, you, you need the, the original game to be able to play it. It would be on a separate uh, piece of uh, software or a disc or something. You'd install it and you'd play that. Now, around, I'd say, 2005, 2006, as broadband especially became more common in the U.S., uh, it became a, a, a sort of common practice to release uh, bite-sized pieces of content for a game instead of one giant expansion pack after a video game was released. And one of the first famous examples of that was uh, the Elder Scrolls Oblivion uh, and its famous horse armor pack. I, I you know, was thinking what, of that exactly. Yeah, no, uh, it, was, uh, it was one of the first big, big touchstones um, and uh, and in uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion, you could ride a horse, uh, and for two dollars of real money, you could download armor for the horse. Now, this armor did absolutely nothing. Zilch. It was cosmetic. And, it was a cosmetic yeah. upgrade, basically. Was to have a pretty horse that looked armored, but yet was no more resistant than a regular horse. And I think a lot of of following subsequent. DLC, downloadable content for Oblivion, was extremely high quality, um, and it got overlooked after this sort of first misstep, if you will. And for a long time, downloadable content was associated with these like sort of nickel and diming um, gamers for for little pieces of content that should have probably been released with the or seemed to be released with the with the original game. And so gamers started thinking, oh, when I buy a product, I'm not buying a full product. I'm in fact buying a work in progress and they're gonna they're gonna nickel and join me past the point that the game is released. This is the cynical view of DLC. Other people might say that DLC is a way to to, to quickly and efficiently extend the life of your favorite games. Uh, but where do you fall on this? Well, yeah, so the horse armor was the first thing I thought of. And it's funny because I don't think I had an Xbox at the time the Oblivion thing happened. But I've just heard about it as a reputable event. And it's funny that there was such an uprising uh, of customer discontent over paying extra for a shiny in a game. For two dollars, when um, and I'm going to out myself here, I've put down twenty dollars for for a handgun that was gold plated in a game. <laughs> Did that make the gun more powerful? Uh, no. So, um, and just to give a bit of context, <laughs> I want to give a bit of context because I'm enthusiastic about games. Um, that uh, it's a game called Planet Side Two, and in this game, you can purchase weapons to outfit your character. We'll get into that kind of thing, I think, a little later, but. There was three variations of the gun, the standard gun, and a silver gun, and a gold gun. And it was $7, $10, and $20. And so the gun is not really made of gold. It's a video game, but it looks gold. And I've, I've, I've shot a few people with this gun. And then because it's an online game, uh, I get um, you know called out for being a, a dumbass because I bought this really expensive gun. And I'm like, sweet, I'm getting my money's worth. <laughs> Because, you know, they see the guy, at least in this environment, other players see that uh, I'm some asshole that put down $20 for a gun I could have paid $7 for just for the uh, bling aspect of it. But we live in a, I think the point I'm trying to underscore is today's world of online transactions is so, it's still controversial, but so much more comfortable than the horse armor, which that was a big deal. Yeah, but but the the other difference there, and and we should do a separate podcast on this, is the free to play games. There are the games now that are free to play that 
that they make their money, like Planetside 2 makes their money by people paying for those things. Um, whereas a game like Oblivion was a $60 retail game. You got it, and then you you felt, oh, I, you know, I paid for this whole game. And, and not to say there's no content in Oblivion. There is a shit ton. Uh, but, uh, but then to be like, oh, you know, if you want armor for your horse, pay two extra dollars if you want this and that. that that's, I think, that was almost more what people were getting upset about, or, or my impression of it. Uh, it. Yeah, it was one of the first cosmetic things in games, um, but it was also it was also the sense that you paid a full product, and now they're asking you to pay more. Yeah, and, and I want to I want to just do a bit of history on that because we it's funny we focused on DLC in in, in its most um, I don't know like in terms of content, getting like a piece of armor or equipment is kind of very cosmetic, and you. It's almost kind of like charity for the game developers. Like, ooh, you like that thing, but it shouldn't be a necessary component. But I think the first, because we you you introed everything by saying our traditional view of games is kind of like movies and music. We buy the CD, we get the content, and there isn't this. Uh, if you want to see the last ten minutes or see the deleted scenes, well, we're, charge us ten bucks and we'll zip it over to you by mail. You know, but there was expansion packs for games, right? And so I'm thinking mainly uh, one of the most fam- more famous expansion packs, although there's plenty too many to count, for me is like Diablo 2. And Diablo 2 was a very popular PC game before internet was what it was, um, although it did have an online component. And there was a really good expansion pack for it that dramatically improved the game. If you read a lot of purists or diehards and forums, sometimes I find myself in those places. <laughs> um, you know, people really say that the expansion pack boosted not only the game, but the online component of the game was given a lot more thought. So they took an existing game, added enough, like had a, a game's worth of content like it was almost like a sequel except it wasn't it was just additional content so if you never played the first one and you bought diablo 2 and i think it's lord of darkness is the expansion um you got like a lot of game uh, for your money and so there was but the perception there was that you were getting a lot of value out of well yeah i'll plunk down another 30 or 40 dollars for an expansion to my game and i think the horse armor that you talk about and and the the growth of internet uh, capacity really started to turn people's heads, uh, turn game developer heads to say, well, uh, people like this game and we want to develop, we wanted to do more with the game. We didn't get it all done. Um, We have additional content that we think people would enjoy. uh, So why not include extra pieces? And so I think there was sort of two things going on. There's this traditional view of what games are to people, which is I buy the game, I play the game, no other purchases, and a sense of, um, well, no, if you really enjoy this game, we want our players to have more to do. And, and I think most DLCs, when you think about it, at least like when I think of DLC, I think of like additional levels or additional additional game, not so much the cosmetic stuff, but like an extra planet in Mass Effect to go visit or something like that. And um, I I agree with that. Like, I agree with that. Both the definition has has changed. And Blizzard is kind of a funny example when you think about it, uh, because not only are they not moving into DLC, they're still doing expansion packs. You see World of Warcraft, uh, just a series of expansion packs, and and I have no doubt Diablo 3 is going to have expansion packs, but they've almost gone... A counter uh, where they've expanded expansion packs into full-on 
full-on games for StarCraft II, for instance, is three games, all called StarCraft II. Essentially, it's StarCraft II, and, and you could argue in the past it would be two expansion packs, but they just decided to divide it up into three games. So they've gone, they've gone full-on in the other, in sort of a counterculture uh, direction where the rest of the market is moving is moving to to DLC and and, and what is n- now loathed as the day one DLC and this is this is well, and a very touchy subject right now which is the idea that a game hits store shelves on a release date and on that exact same day or maybe a, the day after or whatever DLC is released for that game and so people people sit get up in arms and they say, why? Why is that DLC not included on the disc? And some of it is on the disc, and really all you're downloading on day one is a little code for extra money to unlock content that's already on the disc. And I think Capcom got into trouble with this with some of their Street Fighter or Marvel versus Capcom games. Yeah, and I heard about um, that too with some EA games, although like Mass Effect is one that maybe comes to mind, Mass Effect 2. Because um, there, I know I bought Mass Effect Two very close to launch, if not on launch, on the strength of the first one, and there was downloadable content available day one. Um, the Mass Effect had a, a kind of weird system, Mass Effect Two, because it had like this. This um, they didn't want you to sell used games. That was they were trying to do mix in some DRM there, so they gave you what was known as the Servers Network, is day one DLC, which was going to be the framework that all the future DLC comes through. And I think I think as development goes and you now see the advent of seasons passes for games where 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 um you you pre purchase the DLC not even knowing what it's gonna be. Uh and, and uh you say I'm committed to buying all the DLC of this game and, and by buying that season pass um I'm going to get say maybe three DLC packs for the price of two, or something along those lines, right? So the the game development community is learning, expanding, and trying trying new things, and so uh, there's all different versions of DLC. Yeah, I, I've heard that um, you know because DLC, I I'd like to think that you know back in the horse armor days that DLC was kind of like we're a game company, we're passionate about our games, we're passionate about our fans, and we just want to add more to it. But nowadays, it's it's more uh, strategy from the onset, like for profitability. You're going to say, we're going to make a game, and then we're going to have four DLC packs, and you know this is our expected revenue for this game, and then this is the expected sales of the subsequent deal. Like It's part of an overall strategy for the... I guess recouping their investment and making a profit on on you know it's not just a game in a vacuum and then well it might be nice if we make some money with DLCs but we're not going to bank on it you know I think with you see with a lot of games like because their season passes that the whole project is planned ahead of time in order to sell additional content and I think that's where people get get a little icky about like I do too because I kind of just want all my game up front I don't want to wait. Because the other part problem with DLC is that if it does come out later, maybe I'm done with the game. So I'd like to enjoy that content when I'm interested in the game, but now I've got to wait. And it's got to be a really strong DLC for me to want to go back and revisit a game or add something new. Um, because you're, there is a line to be drawn between expansion packs and DLCs. The most recent example for expansion packs, because Blizzard's a behemoth and they sort of don't count in this conversation in a way, um, but uh, Civilization Five is a game I play, 
and their content is expansion packs. They're in the $30 price range, which is high for a downloadable content. So it's more of an expansion pack. But again, this adds new, this isn't just small add-on episodes or pieces. This adds whole new mechanics and dynamics to the game. Um, so the DLC plan, I've heard, from a financial standpoint, a lot of these companies plan it out in advance. And it kind of makes me feel like they're forcing me to be interested in the game longer than I want to. Uh, I'd just like to have most of it up front if possible. What do you think about that? Well, I do. I agree in many ways. And you see, like, there are games recently, um, Bioshock Infinite came out, and I really enjoyed it. It's a fully packaged game. Uh, I played from beginning to end, had a great story, self-contained, boom, game was over. I was like, man, that was awesome. At the same time, they announced that there was going to be a Bioshock Infinite season pass, meaning there was going to be downloadable content that came out and that you would be able to buy, um, commit to buying. You didn't know what it was. You had no idea. You just knew you know, it would play the same and this sort of thing. But the story of Bioshock Infinite was totally wrapped up. I was, I was satisfied with what I had been given. Uh, but they they were asking for money and a commitment without knowing what was coming next. And and I may have committed just based on the idea that I really enjoyed this game, whatever comes next will also be good. But at the same time, like you said, I was kind of done as, as well. Um, so it, it can renew interest, or it might get somebody who wasn't interested the first time to be like, well, I wasn't origi- interested originally, uh, but I am interested in this DLC, so I'm going to commit to the first game. An example for me would be Far Cry 3, where Far Cry 3 is this shooter game. To me, it got great reviews, but it just looked like another shooting in the jungle game. I've seen a ton of those. <laughs> and, and then there's an expansion pack that makes it 80s themed. And I was like, oh, 80s themed? You got me, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so you can get new, you can definitely get new people in that way, right? So, um, it, the thing about DLC is that I have really enjoyed some, like, uh, and, and Bo, you and I have been playing the Borderlands 2 DLC together. Yes. And, and, yeah, it's great. Resizable yeah. campaign. Interesting. Honestly, though, what I wonder is, like, because I sort of was pro-expansion pack when DLC started coming out, uh, I was like, why don't they just do expansion packs? And if they put all the Borderlands DLC together and released it as one expansion pack, it would be pretty awesome. But I think Borderlands 2 got a bad rap, and this is where you're getting... I have a sort of point to make on this. Borderlands 2 got a bad... a little bit of a bad rap when being released for being... Some people said it was too similar to the first Borderlands. And, um, and I think what happens is... Game developers, if they're not going to revolutionize the game, if they're just going to iterate and make a sequel that is very similar to what's come before it, then, uh, then, in which case, why not just make it an expansion pack or downloadable content to the original game? It becomes a when it, you see some games get back poor reviews and people say, you know, this is too much like the game that came before it, but but yet saying the content in the game was still fun and was still great, it was all this, it just didn't really introduce much in, in the way of new gameplay. Well, in, in which case, why can't that be DLC, right? And, and so I, I can see the point of DLC and expansion packs 
in that regard, if you're not going to reinvent the wheel, then why not just extend what you already got? Yeah, yeah, and we're we're living in a time of flux with this whole concept of DLC because um, the Walking Dead game, and I, we're just flying through games here, but the Walking Dead game by Telltale Games, the um, narrative-driven one, is uh, you know the way that they've marketed it is it just feels like DLC. So I think you can get the first episode for free, or you can try. It. There's like a shareware element to it. Um, but you pick up the, you know, each episode is like $5 each. So you could span it out and play them at your leisure or you can buy the whole shebang. Like, I think that the fact that DLC was successful, even though it was the reaction to it from gamers was like, oh, you're nickel and diamond me. Um, that peop- the gamers are willing to pay for additional content. And, you know, and just it sort of it sort of walks hand in hand with the, you know, again, we're not talking about free to play here, but MMOs were paid subscriptions evolving into free to play with microtransactions. It's just kind of a similar thing where it shaped the definition of what it means to play or own or buy a game, which is it doesn't have to be $60 up front um, and then, you know, increments or a little $10 here and there and that kind of thing. Um uh, Crofton, I'm, I'm curious. What's the most, uh, you know, if you're willing to talk about it, what's the what's the worst piece of DLC or most embarrassing or just crappiest DLC you've ever bought? Here's the thing, and and the more I think about this, the more I I, I realize what my position is on it. I have bought almost no DLC, and and one of the reasons is because uh, is you touched on earlier the idea that that I'm done with the game by the time the DLC comes out, right? Or the DLC is so separate from what the main storyline or campaign of the game is that I have, you know, I've moved on. Uh, and so I buy very, very little DLC, and often I find it overpriced as well. So I'm trying to think, honestly, Bo, to answer your question, what because what, I own DLC sometimes through Game of the Year packs and stuff, stuff like that, or... Yeah. Uh, uh, DLC is sometimes even released as pre-order bonuses. Like, I remember I got some extra cases in L.A. Noir, which is a detective game, so it's sort of case-by-case case from, from pre-ordering. And one of them was really good. The other one was pretty disposable. Um, I'd, I I would say it's something from Mass, Mass Effect. I'd probably say the, the crappiest one that I played was a... Bring Down the Sky, which was uh, an expansion pack to the first Mass Effect, and I actually played that fairly recently, uh, and it was uh, it was meh, it was just there, it was just a little bit more extra content, and I didn't find that it did did much to differentiate itself or add add value to the game that I was playing, but I definitely haven't played enough DLC to to really have a, a super strong opinion. What about you, Bo? What's, what's the crappiest? Yeah. Well, it's well, funny because I, I was thinking about that. Now, my initial inclination is to say the $20 golden gun I bought, but it's not, I, I don't. I think that's part of a free-to-play thing. It doesn't really count here. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to go through my head about, like, what DLC do I own? And, and to be honest, like, um, you know, I, I'm a PC gamer, so we play games on Steam. And, um, I, you know, when things go on sale, I've picked up, like, DLCs and not even touched them. You know, when I start thinking about them, like, which ones did I like the least? I'm like, which ones have I played for the exact same reasons that, oh, hey, I enjoyed this game. Why don't I get this and try it out? But then I've moved on. Um, A good example is I have the Ultimate Edition of Dragon Age Origins, which has tons of DLC as well as arguably what you might call an expansion pack. Um, And I'm just getting through the main campaign. 
Uh, I guess some of the DLC were, were seamlessly integrated into the main quest, so I did play some of that. But um, for the most part, I probably have to just agree with you because I did buy the DLC for the original Mass Effect, and I remember not feeling very impressed with any of it. Uh, so in terms of like additional gameplay, probably the first Mass Effect was the worst one I experienced. Um, it's hard yeah. because time time is a premium for us over money right now in our lives, right? Like Certainly. with all video games and that. They well, take up it, enough it, time it, as they are nowadays too. Yes. So you're, you're investing time and you're investing time in the campaigns uh, of these long video games. And then, then to get back in, and it's like anything like a TV show or a book. One of the reasons I'm sort of into to TV shows now more than movies is because um, a movie, you know, there's there's – just like starting a book, like anything, you're introduced to characters and all this, uh, and then you get through it, uh, and you get to the the, the, the best part of it, uh, and then it, it you know it concludes in this. The TV show, you don't have to get reintroduced to the characters all the time, uh, or the plot, or the world, or the conceits. They're there. You're used to them, and it's episode by episode, and it expands on them. And uh, and I I find uh, that that could be the advantage of DLC in that it provides you like, oh, okay, I know how this game plays. I know all this. I don't have to learn all this stuff. I can just hop right in. But I find that in the way. It's more like reading a book and then reading a few pages of that book like two minutes later. I mean, you you are out of it and you have to you have to get back into it. And then by the time you're back into it, it's it's, it's over. It's over because uh, they don't make them that long or they don't invest that much writing power in the narrative or anything. And also, to, to hit their price point, and you have to think in terms of money. Um, their DLC is almost a product of the age between digital distribution, which is where everybody downloads stuff like they do music now. Very few people buy CDs. And the era of hard copy products. So there's still tons of people. I don't, you don't, but there's still tons of people that buy video games in store, that go into the store. And honestly, if I'm buying a game for my Xbox, I probably still am going to a store um, to, to purchase it. But but then uh, then afterwards the DLC is only available electronically. So it, it, but the distribution costs are minute. They just have to they just have to put it out there, pay whatever like Microsoft, Sony, whoever distributes it or on their over their network, pay their licensing fees, and then and then it's all pro, it's all profit. They don't have to box it. They don't have to put out a disc. Um, so you can sell a lot less and make a lot more. Yeah, so that's definitely the appeal of of the DLC. Yeah, no, it's it's we live in strange times, you know, a lot of there's still a lot of interesting things happening. Um the companies try to get creative with uh how to earn money from gamers and uh, as we get more and more comfortable with the idea of tacked on content um, you know, it's manifesting itself in all kinds of different ways. Like, you know, if you think it was League of Legends, I think, where you get a certain amount of characters when you start and then you can pay to unlock other characters. And I think if you unlock all of the characters available in the game, you'll pay like five times, you know, what retail the game would if they just decided to go with that model. And apparently, you know, Riot Games, which makes League of Legends, are, are making money hand over fist uh, with that IP. And it's a free, it's a quote free to play game. 
So, you know, I, this, this roots from DLC, even if we don't maybe want to call it DLC strictly in the strict no, sense. It's, yeah, I, I, I agree it roots from it, but at the same time, the whole free-to-play thing, I would love to have a discussion on that and to evaluate that as as well as being good, bad, or bullshit, just like I would uh, with DLC, because I really consider them uh, it, it an offshoot, but something completely different and something that's becoming increasingly popular as well. Yeah. Okay, so um, before we give it our verdicts, I also wanted to ask you what you thought the best piece of DLC you've purchased is. Uh, I, I That's an easy call. You know what I'm going to say. I think uh, I do. Yeah. Uh, uh, we, Bo, and I, <laughs> <laughs> Bo and I recently played uh, Tiny Tina's... Um, what is it? Assault on... Assault on Dragon Keep, I think, is what it's yeah. called. Yeah, it's for Borderlands 2, and it's... Uh, it's sort of like uh, what's interesting about it is it serves both as an epilogue to the main campaign, uh, but and you, you encounter characters you did in the previous campaign. But it also introduces mild new game play mechanics and a complete sort of uh, I want to I want to call it nerd porn in the sense that uh, it goes full on with 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 Dungeons and Dragons fantasy tropes and all this. That are not the same as what you were playing in the in the original game, which was more of sort of a science fiction, um, futuristic type of, type game. So, all of that appealed to me. The writing was good. It was funny. I I, I really enjoyed it. It also lasted like six hours or something like that, which I I think is 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 very beefy. Um, and so, all of Borderlands 2's content being great, but that for me was the best one I played so far. Yeah, and I'm going to just agree with your answer right off that the Borderlands, Borderlands 1 and Borderlands 2 really set a standard for just how much game you're getting and value you're getting from the purchase. I thought it was really good, say, compared to Gears of War. I got the season pass for the third installment and was pretty disappointed with all of it. It was just kind of, just not, it didn't hook me like, I can't wait for you to play Mr. Torg's Campaign of Carnage with me because that one's awesome. And the whole time we're playing the main Borderlands 2 campaign, I'm like, man, hurry up and finish Borderlands 2 so you can play the DLC because it's awesome. So uh, the DLC, that's definitely the best. Um, I also want to kind of, I bought all the Skyrim DLC and it's it's listed as DLC in the Steam store, even though I think it's kind of pricey for DLC, and there's probably some good content, a fair amount of content, but I haven't played it yet. So another example of a game that I spent a hundred hours on uh, and played it, and I'm like, I really want to continue playing the game uh, with the expanded content, but can never sort of muster the appetite to be to get back into it. Just you know, so that's a pretty good example of that. Okay. Um, so, Crofton, I think we got to turn in verdicts here. Uh, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? You go first, Bo. <laughs> so, um, given our, my particular, you know, I have an enthusiasm for games. I definitely enjoy playing them. And um, I definitely, you know, even though in some cases it's, you know, abused or just you have to be a, um, a savvy shopper. I think to avoid DLC that's 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 no good or no value and and fortunately you do have a lot of review sites that'll provide you with that information before buying it. Um, that I think overall the idea behind DLC is uh, is a good thing. Yeah, my timing was a little off there, but it's a good thing and. 
Um, I think for the games that I do like, uh, such as Borderlands 2 or even Skyrim, even though I haven't played it, um, I like the idea that there's additional content for those games. It's better than having no content, which is the alternative. Um, and I don't, I, personally as an adult, I don't mind paying a bit of extra money to support a company who makes games that I like. Crofton, over to you. That, that's interesting, Bo, and those are good points, and I agree almost with all, all of them. And uh, this is another one, it seems like every episode I'm like, hey, I don't know, this is the hardest decision yet. But I find, <laughs> for me, I, I'm into games, and uh, this is something that, that affects me um, in the games that I play. Uh, and and I find that uh, I I find that it's a difficult one um, to because I did really like the Borderlands two content um, and uh, there's other content that I find I have found more annoying. I feel overall like I I want uh, and this could be the retro side of my brain, the old school conservative side, but I want I want my my total product. Um, and and uh, I I liked expansion packs. I liked that concept because that concept was like, okay, we're releasing this six months, a year, a year and a half after you finish the original game. But it is so much new content that it it will draw you back in, and you can you can get right back in, and or you can even start with this, and you will have a sizable meal. It is a pseudo sequel without reimagining the game. The, the little drips and drops uh, to get you back in different times of DLC, I find, I find that that shit is bullshit. It, it drives me nuts. It's bullshit. That's interesting. Bullshit, huh? Yeah, no, really. Really, uh, I, I just find it, I find it uh, uh, very annoying. Like, Borderlands 2, I love that DLC. But put it all together... On an, in an expansion pack and release it at a certain point, and you know I'll I'll find I'll find time to play it. Borderlands Two is weird because it straddles the line between an uh, uh, an um, um, MMO or something like uh, an ongoing game and and uh, you know just a, a single player game. But for yeah. the most part, those single player games, like all that Mass Effect content, I'm like just hold the game back. Release all the content at the same time. For Skyrim, Skyrim is kind of different because it's like it, there were old Elder Scrolls games with expansion packs. Just wait, you know that Hearthfire, Hearthfire, buy a house DLC <laughs> like that's that's garbage. Just just throw that in there with everything and release it as uh, as an expansion pack, yeah, right? So yeah. anyway, that's that's my that's, that's my take on it for me. DLC bullshit. All right, I I think it's a case by case scenario, but definitely um, there's a lot of abuse or a lot of crap out there for sure. Okay, um, so we've turned in our verdicts. Uh, you know, uh, tell us what you think. Do you have a, a favorite DLC, a downloadable content that we didn't mention on the show? Um, I was just thinking of actually the Half Life Two episodes, which I don't know if they're expansions or downloadable contents. I think you get them over the Steam platform, but they're very notable. Um, but anyways, if you have a uh, game that we missed, whether you know a game that you thought had like the worst downloadable content ever or the best, uh, send us an email at goodbadbs at gmail.com. We'd be happy to hear about your opinions on downloadable content and uh, maybe even read them on the show. Um, so, also, um, yeah, go oh, ahead. I, I, would, I would say in terms of soliciting emails, I, 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 one other thing I'd be curious about is 
of all our shows so far, this is the one where we most went into a sort of specific topic that doesn't necessarily affect a wide swath of people. It affects those who play video games, those who enjoy that sort of thing. Um, it, you know, I, I'm curious, if you sat through this whole thing and you don't, do not follow video games, did you enjoy this conversation? Was it something interesting uh, that, you, that you took away from it? Or, or do, you, do you prefer uh, more general topics? Because we have to fuel the randomizer, and we've got to put topics in it. It runs on topics yeah. and fuel. Yeah, right. And I actually got a suggestion for a topic, and I told that person write it into the show. Uh, it was Al who gets mentioned on the show quite a bit. Um, he'll have something to say about DLC. So, anyway, tell us about it, and yeah, tell us about our show and about the type of content that you're hearing. Um, you know, we want we want everyone to enjoy listening to us. So, uh, uh, you know, let us know, uh, please. Uh, that email is goodbadbs at gmail dot com. Uh, yeah, and I think I um, forgot to check our mailbag here, so. I'm just going to check it real quick. Ah, fucking birds. Um, yeah. And uh, this is depressing, but we got nothing but bills. Bills, I say. Bills? Yeah. No, no one took the time to write us. So please write us. We want, uh, we want your feedback on the show. All right. Um, so I'm just going to let you guys know where you can find us. Our website is gbbpodcast.com. That's the initials for good, bad, bullshit, podcast.com. Uh, there you can find links to our show on the iTunes store. You can search for Good Bad BS there as well. Um, and some RSS links if you use Android or, or some other sort of RSS podcatcher so that you can subscribe to the show. Um, all right, so I think it's that time, Crofton. Uh, why don't you tell these fine ladies and gentlemen where they can find you on the Internet? They can rant to me about DLC at, at Crofton Steers. Perfect, and... Um, uh, you can find Michael in Indonesia, uh, where I believe he's searching for a path to higher enlightenment, or just, um, what do they do in Indonesia? Oh. Dancing uh, in a nightclub. <laughs> 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 That's the best I can think of. Uh, yeah, he's dancing in a nightclub, and he's bicycling, bicycling, bicycling somewhere, and so go to Indonesia if you want to talk to that guy. <laughs> All right, you can find me at Bo Schwartz on the internet, and I think that's about wrap it up. You have any final thoughts for our listeners, Crofton? No, but I enjoyed this. Uh, I enjoyed this conversation. I hope other people did too, and uh, and we'll find out by checking the mailbag next time, I guess. All right. So, uh, on behalf of everyone, I'd like to bid you all adieu. You adieu? can say bye. Adieu. Yeah, I can't say that right. God. Bye. All right. <laughs> <laughs> adieu, everybody. Is it adieu or funny if I just kept going on for like 10 minutes straight with some stupid shit that I had I to hear. edit out of the show. <laughs> Are we off? Um, well, I mean, I'm still recording, but the show's done. <laughs>